We'll start off with Dino Board Books. As you know, we launched the board book versions of um, some familiar uh, dinosaur sports stories in spring 2022. Um, and these books are off to a nice start. Um, we have two in the first season and then there were an additional three that we're publishing in fall 22. And so in spring 23, we're adding two more. So that will bring us to a total of seven. Um, we've got my first dino wrestling and my first dino racing with brief rhyming text from Lisa Wheeler to introduce each sport and illustrations we've adapted from the original picture books um, created by Barry Gott. Uh, they're really fun, high energy read alouds, great for babies and toddlers with short attention spans. We have two Carol Rota picture books for spring 23. The first is a nonfiction picture book called Stars of the Night. It's a really powerful look at the Czech Kinder Transport, which was a movement to get primarily Jewish children out of Czechoslovakia prior to the invasion by the Nazis um, as World War II was brewing. Um, it's created by author Karen Stelson, who we know from Sachiko and A Bowl Full of Peace. Karen has Jewish heritage and was profoundly moved when she came across this story and just sort of taken with it and wrote the manuscript sort of it came out of her all at once and then she did the research she needed to back up everything but it really it reads so powerfully and it's told from the collective perspective of the children so it's written as we um, which is a unique um, way to write a nonfiction picture book, but works extremely well here. And illustrator Selena Alco is also Jewish and just poured her whole art, heart into these illustrations. They're um, collage pieces. She sent in her physical art just recently and Danielle and I were pouring over it. It, it just has all these incredible details in it, really well done. Um, so what happened is as this sort of crisis was Brewing, a British stockbroker named Nicholas Winton traveled to Czechoslovakia and ended up becoming involved in finding a way to get the children out because there were various aid workers involved in different ways, but nobody was specifically focusing on the children. And he just went pretty rogue and had to fabricate documents in some cases, but got the job done, got 669 children out of Czechoslovakia into England where they stayed with foster families. The thing, thinking of course was that it would be temporary, but um, the parents of most of these children ended up being taken to concentration camps and killed. Um, it, uh, this, the title of the book I wanted to mention comes from a direct quote from the mother of one of these children. She said, there will be times when you'll feel lonely or homesick. Let the stars of the night and the sun of the day be the messenger of our thoughts and love. And so that's sort of a recurring thing, the stars of the night, the sun of the day, and, and it comes up throughout the book. And the story spans more than 50 years. Um, at the time the children were being sent away, none of them knew who the person was who was orchestrating their rescue. And it wasn't until uh, Nicholas Winton's wife found a scrapbook in the attic that it really became known that he was the one, there's this viral, clip you can find on YouTube of a TV show when he 
was brought on live TV in Britain, and um, it turns out the audience is filled with the children he rescued more than 50 years after the fact. It's incredibly emotional. Um, and the book ends when the children, you know, the grown children have learned who saved them and talks about how, you know, because they were saved, their children, their grandchildren, and so on are here today. Um, and then there's extensive back matter filling in a lot more details. Next up, in a very different <laughs> tone than the first book, we have Sasquatch and Squirrel, which is a hilarious news story by Chris Monroe. It's about a reclusive Sasquatch named Strawberry and a very impulsive squirrel named Nutty. Um, they come together one day and engage in adventures, including tree climbing, accidental beaver lodge destruction, and rebuilding, logger pranks, and just tons of physical comedy. There are a lot of panels in this book, a lot of fun and action, and despite um, some minor injuries incurred on this first day of friendship, uh, the, the two, by the end of the book, have sort of formed a burgeoning friendship and it ends on a very cute note. So this one's lots of fun. Over to Millbrook this time. Um, did you know that the very, very tallest living things on earth are trees? It's true. Rise to the Sky reunites the team behind Plants Can't Sit Still, author Rebecca Hirsch and wonderful illustrator Mia Posada. Um, and the the book uses lyrical language to explore the tree life cycle, specifically focusing on how the tallest trees grow so tall. Um, it's, you, it touches on photosynthesis as well, so we have curricular pieces while presented in this um, interesting presentation focusing on these ginormous trees. And the back matter includes the current heights and locations of the tallest trees around the world. Finding Family is the true story of a mallard duckling raised by loons, first spotted by loon researchers in Wisconsin in 2019. Now, loons and mallards do not typically get along. They are generally more enemies than friends, um, but this unlikely family came together and stayed together all summer long. Um, the duckling took on typical mallard behaviors but also took on some loon behaviors like accepting minnows from the parents and diving underwater for food. Uh, the text is written in beautiful free verse poetry by Laura Purdy Salas, who we know quite well. And the wonderful illustrations are by Alexandria Neonakis, who is new to us. She's based, I think, in California. Um, this story is fully based on fact, and there is a theme of uncertainty, which speaks to not only the situation in this book, but is relevant to our lives in all kinds of other ways. Um, I just want to read a brief snippet of text. The future is a perfect mystery of possibilities, like an unhatched egg. Mother and father and duckling have only now. A family created one dabble and dive, one piggyback ride, one slippery minnow at a time. 
The text and illustrations were vetted by expert Walter Piper, who is the researcher who is in charge of the team that observed and documented this unusual animal family. And the back matter includes more details about the science of this, as well as a Venn diagram that shows the similarities and differences between loons and mallard ducks. Never Give Up is by an author and illustrator who are both new to us, Debbie Daddy and Juliana Oakley. This book focuses on Dr. Katalin Kariko, a Hungarian-American scientist who became fascinated by the idea of using mRNA to create vaccines decades before the COVID-19 pandemic ever came along. Uh, Dr. Kariko grew up in rural Hungary and came to the U.S. as an adult to pursue her career. One interesting detail that's mentioned in the book is that Hungary was communist at the time and um, there were limits on how much money you could bring out of the country, so they hid their money in their two-year-old daughter's teddy bear to bring it into the U.S. Um, Dr. Karika was demoted, fired, and have repeatedly told to give up her research because so many people thought it would never work. But she eventually found success and began working for um, BioNTech, playing a major role in creating the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine. This book is yes about COVID, but it's also about far more than that. It's the story of a woman in STEM, it's about persistence, and it's about hope. Katie, as she is known, continues to study other potential applications for using mRNA in medicine to help people in different ways. And Katie and her daughter, Susan Francia, have reviewed the text and illustrations and provided photos for us to include in the back matter along with the timeline. Um, so they are really, really pleased by how the book is turned out. It's been great to have their involvement. We had a separate scientific expert as well just to cover all our bases. So this is really well vetted and as far as I'm aware will be the first picture book bio out about Dr. Kariko. I know there's at least one more coming a season after this. Finally, our last picture book for Millbrook is Poop for Breakfast. It's a hilarious new nonfiction picture book from Sarah Levine, who we know from the Animal by Animal books, as well as other titles. It's illustrated by Florence Weiser, who I think has done a title for Carbon. This is her first with Millbrook. This, yes, is a gross-out book, but it's also more than just a gross-out book. It also explains the scientific reasons why different animals eat poop, including dogs, baby elephants, termites, rabbits, and many more. And this book is a sneaky way to talk about the digestive system, which is very curricular. Um, so I think that gives it sort of a bonus appeal to the classroom. Um, the back matter includes more about digestion as well as tips for how to look at an animal's poop and determine whether it's a carnivore or an herbivore. Um, so it's both fun and informative, and I think it will go over well. This nonfiction photo book for grades K-3 to is a companion book to Hidden Animal Colors by Jane Park, which we just released this spring. Following a similar format, this book uses rhyming verse to introduce a variety of animals with hidden features, and there are brief sidebars in prose to explain more about each of the animals. 
The featured animals include penguins, platypuses, and red-eyed tree frogs. And if you look, it's hard to see because it's so small, but the cover is has a very cool photo. The red-eyed tree frog has a special additional eyelid that's sort of like gold and lace-like. And when it sleeps during the day, it uses that eyelid to block out some light, but ensure that it can still see shadows and movement so that it is safe from predators. Um, so I had no idea it had this eyelid. I was fascinated to learn it. Um, there are lots of other similarly cool animal facts in the book. Um, the back matter also has a great feature asking readers to think about how different features might be helpful in doing different tasks. So what feature would be helpful if you wanted to climb a tree? How about if you wanted to swim? What about if you wanted to fly? All right, and on to the next book, Patterns Everywhere, is by Lisa Varkol Perrin. She's a new author to us. And this is another K-3 nonfiction photo book. In this one, appealing rhyming verse introduces a variety of patterns in nature, including coral shapes, leaf veins, snowflakes, and rock layers. There are gorgeous photos to give it lots of visual appeal. And there are sidebars in prose to explain more about the different pattern types. The back matter encourages kids to go out into nature and make observations and look for patterns on their own. And one of the fun little details that's also highlighted in the back matter is the fact that the rhyming text, in fact, also follows a pattern. I think it might be ABBA. Anyway, it's, it's called out on the cell sheet. And I thought that was a fun additional detail that, you know, patterns occur in lots of places and also in the text of this book. On to middle grade science. First up is Climate Warriors, which is by Laura Gell. Um, we know her, of course, as a picture book writer and also the writer of uh, the book, Who is a Scientist? Laura has a PhD in neuroscience and is well connected in the scientific community, which gives her access to a lot of different people to make these science books. Um, this one I really like because it takes a new and fresh approach to climate change by emphasizing that there is not one single solution, but rather a multitude of solutions. Short chapters feature different scientists explaining what they study and how it applies to combating climate change. There are also action steps for readers in each section. I think this is important. We want books that appeal to young activists, kids who want to go out and do something, make a difference. Um, along with the standard back matter elements, there's also a section highlighting young climate activists. And there's information about how readers can write letters to elected officials and advocate for state change. So I like that it has both the science and sort of hands-on, here are things that you can do. And finally, for Millbrook, we have the Great Giraffe Rescue. We know the great rescue titles Sandra Markle's been writing for us for a while. This one is set in Namibia and focuses on what happens after plans for um, oil drilling are set in a place where giraffes are living and it puts the whole herd at risk. So scientists kind of looked into what was going on and decided the best bet was to create what they call a satellite population, a separate population of giraffes that's out of this zone where the drilling is going to be taking place. Um, and the ideal location for this is on the other side of a river. 
um, and it's a deep river. And it turns out giraffes cannot swim, and this river is too deep for them to wade across. So the scientists ended up coming up with a plan to capture these giraffes, get them loaded onto a truck that has sort of an open-top trailer, uh, drive the truck to the river and onto a ferry where they are brought across the river and to their new habitat where they can live safely. Uh, all goes well and it is a success. So this is sort of another heartwarming story with a happy ending featuring lots of photos of a super charismatic animal. So I think that will go over well. Thank you for listening to The Learner Podcast. Tune in again next time for more author interviews and the stories behind the books.